On today's episode, we have Julia Dugas. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist and personal trainer from Minnesota. She spent years in the health and fitness industry before realizing that women needed a new approach that encompassed their relationship with food, not just food itself. She's passionate about keeping things fun and sassy and helping women put an end to their out of control cravings once and for all. You can find her on Instagram at cravings.nutritionist or you can visit her on her website, mostlynutrition.com. Welcome to the episode. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Woo, let's dive right in. I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about your journey starting out and compare your journey starting out to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I had actually considered starting private practice as kind of a side gig a long time ago. And in the job I was in then, I felt like it was a little bit of a conflict of interest to be posting about on social media since that was a service that my company offered. So I was kind of on the fence about it then. I should have honestly just started it then anyway. And then I ended up starting it this year and I started it full time. And I was like a big skeptic of doing business coaching. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I think I can find all this stuff on the internet. Like there's all these free webinars, you know, as soon as you Google one thing about like business coaching, like every single ad that you get is targeted for this free webinar and that free webinar. And I was like, yeah, I can do this on my own. And then it was actually a call that I had with one of the DB coaches who looked through my Instagram and she was like, yeah, this is super unclear. Like it doesn't look like a business page. There's pictures of your dog. There's pictures of food. Like, I don't know who your clients are. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like I need so much help. And then I, she just totally sold me and I signed up. And now that I've gone through the coaching, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I was going to do this on my own. Like I've learned so much about marketing and how to post on Instagram and what my clients want and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I've come a long way for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Admittedly, a lot of people have that same mindset. To be honest, I can do it myself. I'm going to MacGyver the heck out of this situation and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And while that's good to have that mentality and that instinct that you believe that you can get it done, it is really helpful to have more of a clear and direct path to kind of save you on that like million mile path of endless webinars that you would have to go on in order to land on the same information. Right. And it's so funny because we're dietitians, right? So like we know that people need professional help and if they didn't, our, our profession wouldn't exist. But then when it comes to myself, I'm like, oh, I should save the money. I should just figure it out myself. And I'm like, no, like I'm the client that I hate, right? (laughs) Like I just, I need the professional help. I need someone to tell me how to do it, what to do it, take out the trial and error part of it and just have, you know, a process to follow. Absolutely. One million percent. Thanks so much for sharing that. I know a lot of listeners are definitely going to find that super relatable. For sure. (laughs) And let's talk about the clients that you now work with. You said when you first got on that call, it was very unclear who you work with. So I would love for you to share with the listeners, who are the clients you work with now and describing a little bit more about your current niche? Yeah, absolutely. So now I work with women who are in the binge restrict cycle and people in particular who identify as cravings are their biggest problem. And I found this all the time, even in like previous jobs I had where, you know, I'd have clients filling out a form and it was like, I have cravings for sweets and salty foods and this and that. And it was just, everyone had cravings and it really is usually a result of being in a restrictive eating cycle. Right. And so doing the dietitian boss method, I learned that 
I need to try to solve my client's biggest problem. And none of my clients have any clue what the binge restrict cycle is, right? Like they have no idea that's their problem. And even if we pinpointed it to restriction is their problem because restriction is what causes the binging, most of them think they're eating too much. Like the reason they're restricting is because usually they're trying to lose weight and they usually come to me with all this restriction and all these cravings and they think, well, I just need to eat less. And it's like, actually, that's like definitely not the solution. Like that is not going to help at all. And so that's why I work with women in the binge restrict cycle, like a history of chronic dieting and to really identify what they have a lot of cravings and taking it from there and ending the restriction. Yeah. I specifically love how you are really aware of your ideal client and what they're aware of currently in this moment. And you recognize they're not aware of that clinical speak of the binge restrict. They're mm-hmm. like, I think I'm eating too much. And you could have went, went at it and just marketed binge restrict because you're like, that's what they have. But if they don't know it, then they're like, Julia must not be talking to me. So this back door that you're going through of cravings is like really helpful because they recognize that feeling and they understand that word, which is amazing for marketing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And would you say that your niche has evolved from where you started? Can you share a little bit about your journey, especially being someone that's coming from a position where you worked with so many different people? So how did you really like land on this niche in particular? Yeah, so I actually came into not only my private practice, but even into dietitian boss, and I thought I had to do weight loss. And I think a lot of us might think that because we know weight loss sells, right? Like it's a billions and billions of dollar industry. And, you know, obviously I'm a dietitian. I want to help people, but like we have to make money, right? Like we have bills to pay. And so I was really like torn. Like I was like tortured over like this decision of like, I feel like I have to do weight loss because I need to pay the bills and I need to make money, but it really doesn't align with me and how I prefer to coach and what I really feel like people's biggest problems are, or at least my ideal client's biggest problems. And it was on one of the coaching calls that I was talking through this issue. And I was like, oh, this and that and going back and forth, like about the niche and the dietitian boss coach was like, it sounds like your niche is cravings. And I was like, oh my gosh, duh. Like, you're so right. How did I not see that? And like, as soon as she said it, and then she like moved on to somebody else that was like in the hot seat coaching. And I was like thinking about it more. And I was like, you know what? Every time I used to get those forms before in my old job and they had all these cravings, I'd be like, yes, I, it was like relief because I knew I could help them so quickly if cravings was like their biggest issue. And I was like, how did I not put this together myself? But like, it really was the coach that like told me like, I think this is what you're describing, but I wasn't able to like pinpoint it myself. And it was really like the aha moment of like, duh, how did I not come to this conclusion myself? Yeah, a hundred percent. Rocky Roy, who was in my dietitian boss cohort, described what you said as having someone read the label from the outside. So you're inside your own bottle, you're in your inside your own head, and with the help of someone else, now you can read the label and know what it is versus trying to read the letters backwards or upside down inside the bottle. So it is helpful for, in terms of a coaching perspective to have someone read the label to you. Right. Well, and before I started business coaching in Libby's program, I actually thought that I had a niche already. And once I joined the program, I think it was literally like four solid weeks in before I actually had like my niche approved and had it nailed down. And I was like, wow, I thought I already had done this. And I found out like, nope, I wasn't even close. Like, thank goodness I didn't waste more time like 
making content and marketing and posting, like I probably wouldn't have any clients yet. My message would be super unclear. I, yeah, it just, it wouldn't have been good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kudos to you for seeing the value and allowing yourself to be a sponge in the process because coming into the program, you already had that. I could do it myself. I can webinar it out. So to allow yourself to be like coachable and like take the information is really, it's really a compliment to you and your strength and perseverance as a business owner to just let your guard down and just allow yourself to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's super nice. (laughs) But it's true. It's totally true. So can you share a little bit more about being able to pursue this now? A lot of people have this as a dream. Like they would love to start their own business, but in their own mind, they're like, I'm just so used to working for other people. I don't know if I can get to this next level. So I would love for you to share, has this always been your dream? And what made you start out and take this to the next level? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny, actually. I never would have said like, it's always been my dream to have a private practice. But when I started on this path, I was kind of thinking back on things. And when I was in my dietetic internship, my internship director was always talking about like, oh, well, Julia wants to do private practice. And I was like, what is she talking about? I've like never said that before. And I don't know if she just saw like some kind of entrepreneur spirit in me. And or something, but I was like, I've never said that before, but she was just obsessed with like me having a private practice. And I was like, I don't know where this came from. So that was funny. And I've also always been super obsessed with Shark Tank, the show, which is all entrepreneurs. And I always used to say, oh yeah, like I don't want to own my own business. I just love Shark Tank. And then all this kind of fell into place. Like I was laid off during COVID and during 2020. And this was just like, I just like started this immediately, right? Like I just went right into this like two weeks after I got laid off. It was just like one thing after the next. And I was like, okay, maybe that stuff was all a sign. And I really deep down did have like a desire to do private practice. And I just wasn't really paying attention to that. So I wouldn't say it was a conscious dream, but I think like deep down there was something, something brewing in there that was like, yeah, you're probably going to end up in private practice. What an incredible story. Yeah, it's almost like you were sleepwalking around the concept. You were somewhere near or around it, even though you didn't know it yourself. So that's amazing that someone could see that in you. I think more people should have like a good person like that, that could say, hey, I really see this for you. It's a good little confidence boost too. Yeah, for sure. And can you tell us a little bit about how you're able to move in this no one like trust dimension because I feel like a lot of people when they want to get out there they want to make money on social media they have to build no like and trust so mm-hmm. can you provide two tips for how you effectively do that so you can attract your ideal client yeah absolutely so talking on your stories is huge and showing your face and even just telling your own story most of us in our niche we have you know something has happened in our own life that's either very closely related or it's like spot on what we went through and telling that story and being vulnerable with your followers is so important. And whenever I do that, I have at least a handful of women message me and say, even just like, thanks for sharing your story. And I think what happens is I think sometimes we can be in a field and I'm a dietitian and a personal trainer. And I know a lot of us are, are both. And I think from the outside, people look at us and they think like, we have everything together. We were just born like healthy eaters who hate candy and ice cream. And we just were like straight out the womb wanting to exercise seven days a week and stuff like that. And I think they just like, don't realize until we 
talk about it, that that's not the case. And we've all struggled and had our own battles with food and body image and, you know, learning to be an intuitive eater as we go through college. And, you know, we, most of us have a history of being way too restrictive with our food when we were in our dietetics programs and undergrad and stuff like that. And so I think that really helps with like the no like and trust factor. Cause they're not like, Oh, it's a scary dietitian. That's going to be like eat spinach and chicken for every meal. And if you can't do that, then adios, you know, they're like, Oh, she actually has dealt with the same issues. Mm-hmm. So she can help me. And she's not intimidating to me because she had to go all through all this stuff herself too. Yeah, you make so many important points. And one of the biggest points you're making is you're completely correct. The The standard framing or idea of dietitian is scary. Like you really do think, wow, this person is going to be intimidating. So with that framing, you kind of have to really prove to yourself and create an environment of trust, like you said, and say, hey, I didn't get pushed out the room going doing the soul cycle seven days a week. And I love Snickers like you do. And I'm not going to make you eat kale salads all day. I think a lot of dietitians forget that, that right. you actually have to do a little bit, dare I say, PR work for your own self, even though you're, you're just starting out because so many people have these assumptions about you. So how do you be, do your best PR? You talk about yourself. You talk about your struggles. So you're actually 100% correct. Yeah, I actually in my in my previous role, we didn't do any zoom calls. and I didn't have a social media account or anything. So my clients couldn't like get to know me before um, they met with me and they never saw me either. It was just over the phone. And I was talking to a woman one time and she was talking about her body fat percentage and she was so troubled over the number. And we were talking about it. And she's like, well, I'm sure you've never had to deal with anything like this. And she her body fat percentage was way lower than mine is. And so I was like, they really think that we are just these like fit boot camp people that are just like, you know, grinding all day, every day on our fitness routine. And I was like, wow, this is so telling that like, they really need to be able to see us and see that we're like real humans that like eat fun foods. And like, we eat ice cream and we go out with friends and we have a beer on the weekend and we skip our workout sometimes. And we're not just like, you know, we weren't like born this way, right? Like it, it takes work and anyone can, can do it. And especially if they, you know, adopt a healthier relationship with food and things like that. But it is so helpful for them to feel like they can get to know me before they even work with me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Everyone that's listening, if you're afraid to get out there, like you have to do your own PR, like you have to tell people what you do and that you're someone that can help them. And it's not just about the letters and the alphabet soup after your name. Like that's not enough. They, they want to feel comfortable because they're going to show up for multiple sessions. They're going to join your group coaching program. So they have to get to know you. Yeah, absolutely. And even think about like girls who go on like The Bachelor, like there's been multiple like personal trainers and health coaches and things like that on like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and they come off the show and they have 500,000 followers and they have all of these clients and they don't even have any credentials. A lot of them, they just show their face and you see them on TV and you're like, I like that person. I'm going to buy their program or I'm going to do this and that. And people are totally bought in, even though they have like zero credentials at all. Exactly. Totally. So there's nothing stopping us from doing the same thing. And the one thing that they're doing that we're learning from, like you're mentioning, it's visibility. They're Mm -hmm. making themselves visible. They're making themselves heard. And like just doing that can lead to so many sales. Like you could literally sell water that's sitting right in front of them just because you are you and you're talking to them like they're a person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm having so much fun talking with you. So let's get to the the part where I know everyone's like, these girls keep rambling, but the money, let's hear about the money. We're going to talk about the money part. Yeah. Obviously, you can tell Julie and I are very passionate about visibility, showing up, creating really great content, and being able to essentially help people reach these really desired outcomes. So with that means you've attracted some of your ideal clients. So can you share with the listeners how much money you've made so far in the Dietitian Boss program? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm about halfway through with my three-month program, and I've made 3100 so far. Wow. That is incredible. I know. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I was like, okay, girl, 3,100. I see you. That's in, that's so freaking cool. So inspiring. Uh, what's your next money goal? Yeah. So my next goal would be consistently for every single group to have like 15 to two grand, 1500 to two grand coming in for each small group. Mm-hmm. And long-term I want to surpass my my old salary and, you know, be making more money than I was making in my corporate job. Um, and that's kind of the next, the next big goal. And then after that six figures, like I want to pay off my student loans as quickly as possible. I want to invest for retirement super aggressively once my debts are paid off. So yeah, I'm really money motivated, but it has been great. I mean, 3,100 in it's been six to eight weeks that I've been in the program now is more than I would have expected. Wow. Very, very cool. Well, you're definitely on track to hit that. So I can't wait to follow up and interview you. I feel like, what, you'll probably be at that 6K consistent month very soon at this rate. So maybe I'm going to put it out in the universe. Yeah. Yep. That's what we got to do. Put it all out in the universe. Say it over and over. Write it down in, in my journal over and over. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Thanks so much for sharing that. And with the money you've made so far, what has it afforded you? What have you done with it so far? Yeah. So I was actually furloughed this year in March due to COVID. And then I was laid off at the end of June. So this has really helped me with my financial security during such a crazy time during the pandemic. And not only that, but it also allows me to work and do work that I am totally aligned with and not have to just you know, take a job wherever I can get one and have to push whatever diet they're promoting or whatever, you know, supplements they're selling and stuff like that. Like I can do things my own way and I don't have to do things, you know, the big wigs way anymore. It's just exactly what I feel is, you know, correct and exactly what my clients need. And that's what I get to do now. Yeah. That's one of the beautiful benefits of this is being able to set your own rules and be able to have the work that brings you the most joy. So kudos to you for being able to do that and be so aligned with it. Yeah. So can you share with everyone like how you're using Instagram to make over 3k? A lot of people are super freaking skeptical about using Instagram to make money. It's like some people think no ways or people are going to find me and hand over their credit card information, but it happens. It happens every day. So can you share with us how you use Instagram to lead into more sales? Absolutely. So with Instagram, it's all about the content, right? Like we're following accounts that are like not only aesthetically pleasing, like I click on the account and I'm like, wow, this looks really nice. It's like put together, but also they have content that's speaking to you and you look at their page, you know, it probably is only two or three seconds that you look at someone's Instagram account before you decide if you're going to 
follow them or not, or if you're going to look through multiple of their posts or not. And so posting content that resonates with your ideal client and really speaks to like their biggest problem. So for my clients, that's cravings is the biggest problem that they're aware of, right? Like their biggest pop problem is actually restriction. They think it's their crazy out of control cravings. So it really speaks to their biggest problem, which is the cravings, the solution that I offer, which is intuitive eating and the outcome, which is no more cravings, no more binge eating, no more out of control feelings around food, no more food anxiety, that kind of stuff. And so when my ideal client finds my page and they see that I'm speaking their language and they see, oh, she's talking about having cravings. Like I have cravings all the time and she's posting pictures of herself, like eating tortilla chips and like binging tortilla chips. And like, I do that all the time and she could probably help me. And then they follow me and no, they don't buy from me the second they follow me, but then they follow along and then they can get to know me when they watch my stories and they can see more content that aligns with them. And then before I know it, they're answering my polls. Like, what do you like, do you like this? Yes or no. And then they're answering to my stickers. Like what questions do you have about cravings? And then we're messaging and DMing and they're like, Oh my gosh, like you're this like makes so much sense. I've never thought about it this way. And then before you know it, you have a client. Love it. Wow. You really just took us on the journey right there. <laughs> that was like a really good elevator journey. Like if this was like, we're going up a few floors, you, you totally gave me the full picture and you're absolutely correct because I do think the way you described it is so important for people to understand because yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's a process. But a part of that is being able to make sure your message and your content is really clear and aligned. And once you reel them in and keep showing up, it becomes so natural for them to show up in your story, show up in your DM. And then when they're on the call, closing is easy because you've already spent the time nurturing them. So thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. I've noticed that closing is so much easier than I thought. And I actually a long time ago in my career, I worked in a position that was 100% commission and I wasn't working for myself. I should have just started then. But I found closing was so hard in my previous job where it wasn't my private practice and where people, they didn't know me before, like they would maybe meet somebody else, like a different trainer and they would you know, set up an appointment with me and they would come in and we would talk and it was so hard to close, even though I knew I could help with exactly what their problem was. But now they've seen you so much. Like they already know, they've seen me talk about so many different things. They see me on my stories, they answer stickers, they've DM'd me to ask questions and all of this stuff. And so they come in and they know that my services cost money. Like they know that I'm not offering this for free. Yeah. And so they come in and they're like pretty much already sold. They basically just want to like make that like last 5% make sure. But like, it's, I mean, my closing rate has been way higher than I would have expected. Incredible. Thanks so much for sharing that, which is actually a good transition to the next question, which is we're talking about being very clear in our messaging, like knowing that it's tortilla chips, knowing that your post is hitting the problem solution outcome. So how have you been able to develop your messaging yeah. So the calls from Dietitian Boss have helped a ton with my messaging and posting to the Facebook group. And not only that, but looking at insights too. So like looking at my content that's done well and what hasn't done well and trying to recreate things in some way that are doing well, either using similar pictures, using the same foods that I'm talking about. Like I've, I've noticed that like talking about tortilla chips, it like does really well for some reason with my followers. 
And so, or like the phrasing, right? Like, what am I talking about? Am I talking about like going to a party and avoiding, you know, avoiding chips all night, eating veggies instead, and then we're binging chips later in the night and repurposing pieces of the content that does well for new content. And so that's how I've been doing a lot of my content. And then in terms of my messaging, yeah, it's the problem solution outcome and talking about not only that, but tying that in with what I'm offering, which is your problem is cravings. My solution is intuitive eating. And the outcome is that you stop having cravings. You stop binge eating your stress and anxiety around food improves and all of that. Oh, so good. You make it sound so easy. I remember (laughs) when you first started, girl, you just let that flow like a river. I was like, wow, you really understand who you're marketing to. Great. It's great. It's very clear who you help. Your energy and your passion for your ideal client totally comes through. Good. Well, I'm happy to hear that. That's great. And we we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but just again, because people often hear the confidence of dietitian bosses coming on air and they're like, oh my God, they have it so together. But they need to remember that there was a before. Like this wasn't always this way. She didn't always have it this clear. So can you share a little bit about what your IG feed looked like before in a little bit more detail? Um, you hinted at it earlier, just so they can get a better picture of the transformation. Yeah, for sure. So before, I think I was only concerned with my feed looking pretty, which I still want my feed to look aesthetically pleasing, right? Like that's something that's really important to me. And I tend to follow more people that have like really pretty quote unquote feeds, but that's like really all I cared about. Right. And I was posting things that were like cute pictures of my dog or like a pretty picture of food, or I was posting like just a question. Right. And then I had a long caption, like addressing it. And I thought it looked great. And it was so funny because after I had a call with one of the dietitian boss coaches, like before I even signed up, just when I was still, when I was still like, uh, I don't know, maybe I can do this all from free webinars, which I totally could not have done that. But she was looking through my feed and she was like, this doesn't even look like a business page. Like this looks like a personal account. Your bio isn't clear. Your handle isn't clear. My handle used to be like my LLC name, which is mostly nutrition. And she was like, what the heck does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know who that's speaking to. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I thought it was such a good name. And now that you say it, like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, nobody knows what that means. Like, mostly nutrition. Like, yeah, it's a cool name for my LLC, but it's my ideal clients don't know what that means. And that's what's important is that your clients know and understand, like, that you can help them. And they know that, like, immediately upon finding your feed. And so before it was just like pretty little pictures and some little graphics. And now it is the problem solution outcome. And it's pictures of me and pictures with foods that people oftentimes have cravings for and binge and stuff like that. And it's, you know, screenshots of tweets that are also problem solution outcome based and that kind of stuff. So it's been a huge pivot. And I just, I kind of laugh like going down farther in my feed now to my old posts, like after, cause I took my personal account and I transitioned it to the business account. So it was like some personal pictures. And then it's like that awkward middle ground where it's like, it was kind of a business page, but kind of not. And now it's like a legit business page. So it's like, if you scroll all the way back, it's like the progression of Julia as a private practice dietitian. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? It's so great to be able to scroll back and see the journey and just really pat yourself on the back and commend yourself for how far you've come. So, hey, we'll laugh now, but it was all worth it. (laughs) For sure. 
So one of the things that we talk about and we stress a lot in the Dietitian Boss program and the method really pushes this is really starting imperfectly because it's just, you got to start from somewhere. And a lot of times we, a lot of people are drawn to the dietetics field because it's very systematic. There's like routine and people like that, but this is a little bit different. You can't start super perfectly. So can you share what starting imperfectly looked like for you to inspire the listeners? Yeah, for sure. So I actually, I had the idea for private practice and I worked on some backend things for probably like two months before I ever even posted that I was starting a business. That was definitely my first mistake. Like I should have been posting the second I decided I was doing private practice and just, you know, started, you know, getting the ball rolling and getting some clients and just getting the word out that I was taking clients because you're not going to have like 10 people DM you the day that you're like, Hey, I have a private practice. Like it takes time and that's okay. But so I decided that I was starting private practice. I was doing all this backend stuff. I was starting my LLC and I was doing all of like the new email address and all these like little logistics things. I was doing my website, all of these things that weren't making me any money and they weren't marketing either. It was just backend stuff that was kind of unnecessary. <laughs> and so I had, my best friend is also a dietitian and I had been telling her like, I'm going to start a private practice, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, I think I'm going to do that too. And she started posting about it like, before I did. And I was like, wait a second, I've been doing this stuff for months. And now all of a sudden she decided like two weeks ago that she's thinking about it and she's already posting like, Hey, I'm taking clients. And I was like, Oh my gosh, well now I have to start posting. (laughs) And so then I started posting and I think she kind of gave me that nudge that I needed. That was like, you don't have to have all this backend stuff set up just to do it. So I started posting and then it was probably like a month later that I signed up for dietitian boss. And my only regret with signing up for business coaching is that I didn't sign up sooner because the sooner I would have signed up, the sooner I would have nailed down my niche and my problem solution outcome and had my marketing strategy in place and been posting consistently and my stories would have been more consistent and all this stuff. And the sooner you start that, the sooner you're going to have more clients, right? Because the goal is that when your content is on point and when you're posting and being vulnerable, your ideal clients start to find you, but it doesn't happen like tomorrow if I make a cool post today. So like, (laughs) I really, I was like paralyzed by like posting and I don't know why that was. I think I was maybe just like scared. Right. But like, I knew I was going to do it. So I should have just done it as literally like the day I decided I was for sure going to pursue private practice. I should have posted on my Instagram. I have a private practice. You can pay me for nutrition coaching let's do this. (laughs) I love it. I'm not sure how I'm going to accept payment, but you will figure it out. Just message me. Figure it out. We all have Venmo. Like, well, yeah, I'll take whatever you can, you can mail me. You could quick pay me. Yeah. I love it because that's the mentality you have to have. So what would you say to someone who wants to get started? And ideally it's like starting imperfectly. What would you tell them the next steps would be? Yeah. I mean, I would tell them, post, you aren't going to get any clients if no one knows that you take clients, right? And you don't have to have all this fancy stuff. You don't even have to have your LLC done. You don't have to have a website done. Like, honestly, I have a website now and I'm like, do I even need this? Like, I don't even know that I need a website now because people don't find me through my website. They find me through Instagram. And so like, 
that was kind of just a waste of time that I even did that in the first place. And I also made it before I nailed down my niche and my problem solution outcome. So then I had to go back and change it all. Cause I was like, well, if I'm going to leave it up since it's there anyway, it has to actually have my niche and everything on it. Not what I thought was my niche before that was basically nothing. <laughs> and so I would say like, if you have a phone, you really don't need anything else to take clients. Like even if you like don't have a good setup to take zoom calls or a computer, like you can do phone call sessions. Like I've literally had a full-time job for a huge health and fitness company, like one of the biggest luxury health and fitness companies in the country. And all of our coaching was over the phone. And so you don't like, yes, it's great to have zoom and you're going to make those connections with clients. But what's more important is that you just start posting so that people know they can work with you. If your first handful of clients are talking to you over the phone, who cares? And then maybe it's your next small group or your next little batch of clients that they can talk to you over Zoom. And like every time, like every month or like every small group that you have, it's going to get better and better and better. Like I'm about to end my first small group next week. And then my next small group, I'm already like, Oh my gosh, there's all these like little tiny tweaks I can make. Yeah. And my next group is going to be so much better. I can't even imagine what my small group is going to be like in like six months or a year from now. So like it cannot be perfect right off the bat. Like if you're trying to make things perfect before you start, you're never going to start. Like you just have to rip off the bandaid and do it. Yes. Jazz snaps, jazz snaps. You're totally yes. <laughs> you have to just rip the bandaid. So, so true. Yeah. And uh, once you get out there, once you start posting, once you start sharing in your stories, you're able to bring more leads and you're able to get more sales. And I want to kind of talk about that piece because then people are like, okay, Julia, you told me if I have my phone, I have a business and I don't need all this stuff, but how do I get these people to be my clients and like get them on board? So can you share a little bit about like your sales approach and how your mindset has shifted? Cause that does scare like a lot of people mm -hmm. like being able to sell online. Yeah. And I totally understand that. And like I said, I had a job a few years ago and I was, it was a hundred percent commission. It was a sales job and I was doing nutrition coaching and personal training. And I was so stressed out in that job. I hated doing sales. I like, you know, I, I moved on and got out of that job and I was like, I'm never doing sales again. And this just feels so different. Like if you're coming into it because, and you're scared of the sales aspect because you've had a sales role in the past that like traumatized you like that happened to me, but this is like, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Like it literally traumatized me. And this is just so different because your clients, they come to you and they're ready to buy when they get on a discovery call with you because they've already seen you talk about things and they know what your message is and they know that they're your ideal client and they know that you can help them and they know that you have the solution to their super specific problem. And so it's just not at all the same as my previous role where I was also selling nutrition coaching, but it was way harder to close. And I find that people are so excited when they get on the phone with me and they're like really happy to hear about like a different approach. Like they've always just thought they need to eat less, eat less, eat less. And when someone's like, actually eating less is probably what's causing all of your problems. And they're like, sweet. Okay. Like, let's do this. This sounds totally different than anything else I've tried. And so that's, that's what I would say is if it's like a past traumatic experience from a sales job, that's holding you back from this because there's sales it for me, it's been a lot different. Yeah. That's super, super, super insightful. The way you frame that is so important for people to know. It's a lot harder to sell something that you don't believe in. 
So yeah. if it's something you believe in, it's really not salesy. It's really you solving their biggest problem, like you said, and that's going to come off really genuine and it's just going to feel like a conversation and not even like a sales call. Yeah. And something that somebody told me, I don't remember who it was or if it was at a job or a family member or what, but somebody told me once that literally nothing ever happens if there's no sale. And I started thinking about like everyone's jobs, like whether they own a business or they're a dietitian or they're in a completely different field, like family members of mine who work in totally unrelated fields to like the health care industry. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like literally no one would have a job at all if there wasn't sales. Like there has to be sales. Like there's, you know, nobody at corporate at Nike has a job if they're not selling tennis shoes or, you know, even people who work at the hospital who are maybe like nurses and doctors and people that work in the office, if no one's coming there and paying for healthcare, that's a service that they're buying, that's a sale, then there's, there's no jobs for those people. So literally every single field and every job out there is sales in some way. It's just either you are directly selling a product or a service yourself, or it's someone farther down the line from you in the company, but a sale is happening for you to make money no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. 1000% so true. And I hope everyone that's listening writes that down, internalizes it, maybe print it out at Kinko's, frame it up everywhere in your house. What Julia said is so true. And you're going to have to remind yourself that a lot, a lot, a lot. No, everything (laughs) is sales. Everything is sales. That's the mantra. Yeah. I love it. So as we get to the tail end of this interview, I get really excited because you've built up so much excitement and I love hearing how people have changed their mindset and have really gone through this program and seen the shift in yourself. Can you provide a specific example of how the method has empowered you? Yeah, absolutely. So aside from all the things I've already mentioned, obviously, where I didn't have a niche and I thought I had a niche and now I can like confidently create content and I know that I'm you know, sending a clear message to my ideal client that's going to resonate with them and using their language and things like that. I mean, that alone is empowering to like get into Canva and make a piece of content that I know is going to help me sell my services and help me reach my ideal client versus before I was getting into Canva and I was like, what should I slap on this little square today? Like, who knows? Like, I have no idea. I'm just going to like make anything that I can post that looks okay. And so like that alone is super empowering. But aside from that, like the community has been so great. Like there's been days where I like, there's a call coming up, right? And I'm just like, oh, I don't necessarily like need the information on this call today, but I'm going to hop on anyway, just to like get my day started and keep me in the routine and all that. And every time I get on, I like learn something new and I'm like, oh my gosh, like today on a call, Yah was teaching me all about time blocking, which is so helpful and definitely a topic for another day. But even just like the community of all of the women and dietitian boss and being able to see them on a regular basis and not only like hear their questions that they have that are relevant to me, but maybe questions I wouldn't have thought of, but also, you know, see them and communicate with them on Instagram too and like see the marketing that they're doing and be able to like respond to their stories and like, it's just so fun and it's so nice to have that camaraderie of all of these other women doing the same thing and not just feel like, I'm the only one doing it myself or I'm doing it and all these other bosses are doing it, but I'm not part of like that group. Right. Cause that's yeah. kind of how I felt after I found like Libby's profile before I signed up, I was like, 
oh, I want to be part of that group. Like I want to have friends in, that are doing the same thing as me and be able to like bounce questions off of people and stuff like that. And that's been like really empowering too, is to be like, wow. we're this little, we're this little click, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I love this so much. Well, thank you. I'm like, I'm very dark complexion, but I'm blushing, Julia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, that makes my heart sing. Thank you so much. That because community is such a big part of what we strive as a team to really deliver and have that really be something of value. Because oftentimes, you know, being a dietitian, there isn't a very team like you know environment. Most dietitians are the only dietitian at their location, so community is not something people thought they were going to really love and enjoy. And and they come into the program, they're like, "Wow, this is like really, really helpful." So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And like, even when I had a call with Libby before I signed up and she told me there's like the community and all of the girls. And I was like, eh, I don't need that. I was like, I already, I already have friends that are dietitians. Like it's, that's not a selling point for me. But now that I actually am in it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it now. Like it's so helpful. And they also just come up with so many questions that I maybe wouldn't think of that are relevant and helpful for me too. So yeah, it's, it's great. I really like the community a lot. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as we wrap up, I would love for you to leave some advice for people. I oftentimes think the advice better comes from when you think about when you were first starting out. So what advice do you wish you'd been given when you first considered starting your private practice? Yeah. What I really wish I would have done is just started, you know, years ago when I had originally thought about it as a side gig. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, even if I had just slowly, as I had that full-time job, like ramped it up on the side, even if it was, you know, oh, I have one or two clients at a time outside of my full-time job, just anything to like get the ball rolling, posting on social media and stuff like that. I really think that's the biggest thing is like, if you know, you're going to do it, start now because if you know you're going to do it now and you don't start for two years, you're going to get on Instagram. You're going to be like, Oh, I wish I had started two years ago because I would already have more things figured out in terms of like, what do you even want to do? Do you want to do weight loss? Do you want to do like management of a condition like PCOS or diabetes, or do you want to do food freedom and intuitive eating and that kind of stuff? And it might even take you a while of after you've started to figure that out. So there's no harm in starting as soon as you can, even if you have another job and stuff like that, just start as soon as possible. And even if you're starting with another full-time job, I still would like super recommend doing business coaching because you're going to save a lot of time and a lot of trial and error and like time is money. Like just get all this nailed down as quickly as you can so that even if you have a full-time job and you're not ready to take it full-time right now, once you are ready, it's just your, your smooth sailing. You've already got all of these like bones of the business down and you're just ready to rock and roll versus, you know, spending a year, two years, kind of, there's a word I want to use, but I can't say it. No, you're fine. Doing it a little bit, doing it halfway on the side. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, fill in the blank with that word that we can't (laughs) You're just like doing it a little bit on the side. Like that's okay, but still get things under control with your niche and what your problem solution outcome is so that when you're ready to go, you're just, you're all in and you can do it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Julia. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And as a reminder, you guys can find her on Instagram at cravings, period, nutritionist. Thank you so much, Julia. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was super fun. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. 
My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.